The most important thing is that you have a vision, that you have a goal. Because without that vision and without that goal, again, you're drifting around and you're never going to end up anywhere. People don't become successful just by accident. You're going to get your ass kicked, we're going to get the shit kicked out of us. You got to get up, you got to have faith that the one thing you wanted to happen, oftentimes is the best thing that never happened. So have faith, just keep that in mind, keep plugging away. Never accept the limitations of someone else. Somebody told you that it's impossible. Don't even try. Give up before you even fucking try it for yourself. Never accept the goddamn limitation that someone else has placed upon you. And now, fitnessinformant.com presents the Iron Union Podcast. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the Iron Union Podcast. I am your host, fitness informant, founder and CEO, FitButters founder and CEO, Ryan Buckeye. We're back. I know there was a gap there where we had not a lot happening on the airways. Brandon Folken, nice enough to come on the Iron Union Podcast. If you don't recognize the name, that's okay, because we'll take you through Brandon's story. But Brandon has accomplished a ton within the fitness space, has a really, really nice following on social media platforms, is the poster child for many fitness campaigns, even today, um, you know, past his, what he might say his prime is uh, within the fitness world. But Brennan and I connected through actually our respective food companies. So he owns Folken Nuts, now also Easton Nuts. I obviously own Fippers. Brent and I have been talking about an upcoming Walmart pitch that he has for Folk and Nuts. And, uh, you know, obviously I am in the mindset like we all should be able to win. There is no reason that he can't win. There's no reason that I can't win. There's no reason that him and I can't help each other grow our respective brands. And that conversation, I think, solidified our friendship to the point where we speak weekly. Um, we have conversations about business, about life, etc. And that's why I really wanted to get Brandon on the podcast because he has such a unique perspective. He came in to the fitness world when athletes were, were a massive major part of companies' marketing spend. Companies would throw money at these athletes, anywhere from like 1000 to $4,000 a month, free product, and all they had to do was plug and go to events and represent the brand. Now, Brand represented brands like Beast, represented brands like Diamondize, represented brands like Twin Labs, worked with Bodybuilding.com. He's on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. He's on the cover of Train Magazine. I mean, the guy is everywhere. And so I thought, hey, it's 2021. We don't really spend money on athlete sponsorships anymore. I mean, there are some companies that do. Um, they overpay for them, but they do it. So having him come on and bring his unique perspective of once upon a time as a paid sponsored athlete, now to a CEO and a decision maker at a company like Folk and Nuts. Brandon's accomplished a ton in the space. He's a father. He's a, a genuine human being. He's a Midwest boy like myself. We hit off well. Uh, if you guys like what you hear on the podcast, hit that. Uh, you know, Leave us a review on these platforms, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or if you're watching over at YouTube, hit us a comment up there. Helps out the podcast, helps out the algorithm, more people can discover the Iron Union podcast. I promise, guys, I'm going to do a much better job of getting these out because every time I do one, I have so much fun getting to know the person that's sitting across the screen from me, or you know, sometimes I do them in person, and I enjoy that. And I don't enjoy it because I'm trying to figure out how to properly do a, a dumbbell curl or a barbell bench press. I do it because I want to hear their stories. I want to understand who they are as individuals 
And then the process of asking these questions, not only do I learn more about them, but we give you guys a unique perspective into the lives of these influencers, of these athletes, of these personalities that you may have not gotten before. This is Brandon Foken, CEO of Foken Nuts, Easton Nuts. He is a fitness model. He's a fitness influencer. He is, um, you can almost say, a fitness icon. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Foken. Give me a second. I'm trying to select the appropriate weapon. Uh. Watch who you stepping. Them snakes all around. You know they connected. So count your days. Hold up. Let me count the ways you gon' pay. When I spot you, I'm coming straight through. To your face, no foreplay. Coming alive. Inside the Iron Union podcast, Brandon Folken here. Uh, dude, I've wanted to have you on for a while. And like 
we had met each other once upon a time back in a little gym called Vault Fitness Eden Prairie, Minnesota. You had no idea who the fuck I was. I knew who you were through through a friend. Um, and uh, how would you describe you, like to the listening audience? How, how would I describe me at what what stage of life? Like like your your fitness personality, career. Like what what are you? What is Brendan Falcon? Obviously, you're a CEO. You're you're a father. Like but. If you're talking to a fitness centric audience, who and what are you? You know, in, in, in the realm of fitness, um, I think I, I did things very differently than most people. Uh, I didn't start competing until I was 30. You know, before that, it was all about being big and strong, man. I just right. wanted to lift weights, I wanted to be big, start competing at 30. And I got in before social media was big. And, uh, you know, man, from there, a lot of opportunities started to hit me. I started to, you know, win shows, I started in bodybuilding, went to physique. Uh, from there, I won the bodybuilding.com spokesmodel contest. I won the muscle and fitness male model contest three times. Uh, then I started to network. I started to, you know, get sponsorships. At one point, I had like 22 different sponsors. Dude. You know, I was the advertised beast, the face of Twin Lab. I was with bodybuilding.com. You know, so I was traveling. I was doing photo shoots. I was shooting magazine covers. Uh, became a uh, physique pro. Became an IFBB pro judge. Um, you know, I've, I've been on over 30 covers nationally, internationally. I've been in over 400 magazines. I'm a coach. You know, I, I've got a lot of pros, celebrities. You're, you're a fitness chameleon, dude. You, you do. Yeah, I, and I, I write. I speak. I the, the thing about it was, man, is I was never going to be the best at anything. Yeah. You know, I'm from South Dakota. I'm a kind of a quiet guy, but I'm good at a lot of things. And that's where I tried to, to give value to people because I wasn't going to be a Jay Cutler or a Michael Hearn or, you know, somebody like that that – you know, was either the best at something or was crazy marketable or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I took everything and combined it. And it's kind of like, here, let me, let me fill in where, where you need me. Dude, you said two things I want to like piggyback off. One, you talked about the magazine covers and the magazine spreads. Be real with me. Ego. Did it ever get really big? Um, no, it's, it's something that I actually live by. You know, the first one that came out, I, I had one come out, then I had a second one come out. And when all of this first started happening, a lot of people that were friends of mine started to talk shit about me. You really? Know? Yeah. And, you know, I well, it's a space, <laughs> you know, it, it was one of those things where they, you know, social media wasn't a thing. And, you know, I would put, you know, things that I accomplished out there, but I would always give thanks, you know, to everybody before I'd ever accept an accomplishment. I had rules that I kind of tried to hold sure. by and I always try to help other people. And that bothered me for a while, but I just told myself, I'm like, if you're doing good, if you're trying to help people, you know how much you give back, you work with charities and you mentor people and you do all these things. That at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to be liked, but you know, at first it was hard because as I started to accomplish things, a lot of it took a lot of work, but it was never my main focus because I had a corporate job. I had yeah. other things doing. So for me, you know, in, in some regard, I don't know if you'd say it wasn't fair because, you know, I feel like with my work ethic, I didn't have to work so hard to make it happen. I was just good at networking to make things happen. Right. But like a lot of other people, I mean, you could think of how many people on Instagram or wherever that are geniuses that have 2,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And you're like, not fair, man. Why does so-and-so have a million and this person, you know, deserves to have a voice? Yeah. And I guess I appreciated other athletes and people so much that a lot of times I didn't feel like I belonged there. Sure. And, and as things started to happen, um, you know, it was cool, but I, I made sure I was mindful to kind of keep things tempered. I didn't like, Oh my God, well, guess what? Blah, blah, blah. And I've done this and this and this. And you know, it sounds good on a resume, but the other aspect of that is, man, is, is I'm a perfectionist and nothing's ever good enough, unfortunately. So every cover I had, well, I was only as good as that right then. Right. Mm-hmm. 
on to the next thing. I call it Uncle Rico syndrome. Sure. How many, how many people do you know that are 35, 40 years old? They're still talking about high school football or something they yeah. accomplished, right? Right. Like Napoleon Dynamite. I never wanted to be that. I wanted to accomplish something and then move forward from it. And I think with that mindset of trying to be humble because, you know, people had turned against me, being mindful of that, and then also not wanting to be stagnant, always wanting more, continued to allow me to grow without, you know, ever thinking I was better than anybody. You know, and preaching that too. We're not better than anybody else. Right. And you mentioned like people who you thought were friends turned their back and you started talking shit. I mean, this was probably right around the time when you started getting sort of big in that realm when social media started getting bigger too, right? Like, I mean, now social media is this whole new thing and you, because of the position that you put yourself in through your work ethic, through networking, you put yourself in position to have the haters come to you and pour on negative um, comments, feedback, whatever it is. Does it bother you today to get negative comments on those social platforms about something about you? You know, it's, it's, believe it or not, it's few and far between. I think people that have followed me for so long, you know, I've got an organic following. I've never tried to grow a following. I sure. remember when I was coming out and Bradley Martin, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, at the time and he was telling me about, you know, how we're going to grow and how we're going to do this. And obviously he is what he is now. I never followed that path because I didn't need it. I mm-hmm. did it because I it, you know, I had a great, you know, position and job and everything. So for me, it was very different than a person like him that went out to intentionally grow that, you know, have I gotten negative stuff? Of course, you know, Oh, you're a steroid user or you do this. You are. No, come on. I can't, I can't see that at all. <laughs> me. Yes. But I mean, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think because I've stuck, I mean, if you look back over years, over anything that I've posted, you're not going to see negativity. You're not going to see, you know, put, putting myself out there like I'm better than anybody. Right. You're going to, I mean, trying to help people, putting positive stuff out there, funny stuff. I mean, I was a fitness person posting 95% memes, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what I enjoyed. And so the haters per se, there's always going to be haters or, you know, they misjudge you or are misguided by who they think you are until they get to know you. And that's just a part of life. Not everybody's going to like you. Yeah, yeah. Okay with that because I'm okay with me. If I can accept all the good and all the bad of who I am, nobody else can use that against me, including yeah. myself. And at, at my age, I'm, I'm going to be 42 this year. You know, I'm not, I started late in this stuff. So, you know, I know what matters. I pulled away slowly from fitness a few years ago when, you know, my son came and, and all that. And, you know, I've got different priorities now than I did then. Like, and it's still crazy. I, I made a post yesterday that the relevance of being in fitness, because it's changed so much. The whole, saw it. it was a great post, oh, by the way. I mean, you, you should save that, pin it to the top. It was a great post. Because everything about it, everything from how brands are run to who has brands now to how it's marketed and all that has all changed. So, you know, people are like, oh, you're in magazines because I'm on the cover of Train Magazine with my son right now. And I'm on another cover coming up, right? And to be able to still have those things happen is cool. But the magic per se, other than my son is a part of it, I get to share that with him. There's there's no cloud in it. There's no like, oh, my God, I did this. I'm on this cover. It, it, it doesn't affect me like that because I also understand that print is dead, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, for the part, you know, it, it doesn't have a direct reflection on on. Uh, the growth of brands anymore. It's yeah. just not, I understand that. And it's other people see it and like, oh my God, I saw you on a cover and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it really doesn't have any relevance. It's cool for Easton, I bet. I mean, as he goes over, he'd be like, hey man, I made, I made a cover of a magazine. That's pretty cool. And that's and that's the coolest thing is sharing it with him. He's four, so he doesn't really get it. Right. But he, you know, he'll ask like, oh, are you in that magazine? Yeah. So because he, he grew up with it, he doesn't really understand how many people that can hit. You know, in the hundreds of thousands could read that or see that or whatever. 
But for me, after so many of, of those or, or other fitness accomplishments, like there's only one accomplishment that I never accomplished that I'm at peace with, but it's the one thing that I never checked off. And that was, uh, taking a shot at competing at the Olympia. Um, beyond that, I mean, everything else I've done in fitness, mm-hmm. I feel like it's all a bonus because I never planned any of it. Right. And I a pro athlete. I never planned to, to be the face of a major brand. I never planned to do any of those things. It wasn't on my bucket list because I didn't think it was possible. And in the 90s and 2000s, it wouldn't have been possible. Mm-hmm. I would have never had that opportunity if it wasn't for the shift and, you know, going to physique and not just the bodybuilders and then social media and all that. I would have never had those opportunities. That's, that's the other part. Tell me about that shift because most people are probably going to go from physique to bodybuilding. I mean, not, not, I mean, maybe, maybe there's more, but going from bodybuilding to physique, what was it? Was it a placement? Was it advice? What was it? So first of all, I was embarrassed. Okay. Because the first year I competed, I was a light heavyweight bodybuilder. And then I went to, um, heavyweight the next year and I won, um, one, one at that show. And my next show was like three weeks out and I tore a muscle in my quad. Like my leg was all swollen and I'm like, you know, Jesus, like I can't even flex my leg. Yeah. And next, the new physique class was coming out in, um, in Minnesota. And I was like, you know, like <laughs> why, why not try it? You know? So I, I put myself in that show, but I remember joking the whole time because I thought I, you know, I was so hardcore of a bodybuilder that I thought I'd be made fun of for it. And then I did it. And I actually enjoyed it. Like, I'm like, that was a lot of fun, you know? And then they're following like the whole first beginning of physique and we're all following each other online. Like the first person to go pro and like what that was. And, you know, I, I kind of fell into it. And then, then from there opportunities started to happen that if I was in bodybuilding, you know, likely wouldn't have happened. The marketability for me wasn't there. And I'm going to be at my height in build. I would have had to be, you know, 290, 300 pound bodybuilder. And that just was never going to happen. I don't have the genetics for that. Right. I don't care what kind of sauce you're on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I made that transition and you know, it's, it's something that, that did well for me and allowed me to grow as, as a person and an athlete and, you know, a fitness, I don't, I don't like to say the word influencer, but it gave me a platform to, right. to that I, I never thought I could do. You a fan of bodybuilding still today? Um, I'm a fan of physiques. It's kind of like, you know, people say, well, do you, do you, are you a fan of basketball? I'm a fan of Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a different sport to me today than what it was. Right. Like, I was obsessed with baseball growing up and stuff. Bodybuilding now, it's one of those things that even though I'm still involved in it, you know, as a judge and as a coach and stuff like that, I, I kind of stay away from shows or the limelight aspect of it or, um, you know, even doing that event we just did, it felt weird showing up there after, you know, a year and a half of not seeing people like yourself. Yeah. Um, so I think I follow some personalities more so than a lot of the shows. Um, you know, right now, I mean, the physiques that are, are just stand out for me are the, are the classic guys, just mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful physiques. Um, obviously looking at just regular physique. I mean, you look at like Brandon Hendrickson and I mean, he's just, <laughs> I couldn't as a, I can't compete against that. Yeah. You know, just, it's gone so far. Um, you know, and a lot of the rest of it, you know, I just kind of, We'll see no updates and stuff. Right. Not not as much as that. I mean, before I could have told you who placed where, who did what, and now I just kind of watch from from the distance. And one thing now, I guess, is being friends with a lot of those people, like myself or or Mark Lobliner or you know guys that just lift 
you know, to, for their own personal gain and goals. You know what I mean? I think that's very popular now. And I think you also see a shift where all these guys went from competitors to coaches. Now everybody's an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. How to make money. Right. Right. I think that's where a lot of fitness people kind of went. They went from coaching to entrepreneurs to wanting to help you get rich or whatever, Um, which is great. Great. Do that. That's fine. But I find myself being more of a fan of the people that took bodybuilding and made something with it. Like some of my favorite people are like Phil Heath, Jake Cutler by far is one of the most dudes out there. Right. I've gotten to know more people just watching them grind and their consistency day in and day out and their willingness to help somebody like me or you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, even meeting you, like you don't know what to expect because, you know, if you're in the same genre of anything, whether it be bodybuilding or peanut butter or whatever, you're like, well, how's this guy going to receive me? And, you know, meeting you and your family, you guys were some of the most welcoming people that, you know, I met at this last event. And sure. before. that's, I think what I like more is seeing people out there creating and doing things and uplifting people and, and whatnot and taking those platforms and doing really good with it. And mm-hmm. also other people. Yeah, you got you're you're I'm going to call you lucky and I'm going to call myself lucky because there's so many people who want to make fitness their income source or make a living in this space. It's few and far between. There's not a lot of Brandon Falcons out there. There's not a lot of Jay Cutlers. There's not a lot of Ryan Buckeyes that can do it. So, I mean, I'm sure you get hit up with DMs a lot like, "Hey, you know, I'm passionate about fitness. I want this to be my career." What advice are you giving people reaching out to someone like you who has been successful, who's made a dime or two in yeah. this business? Um, I'm getting that a lot right now. Muscle and Fitness is using my image for their model content. Yeah, yeah. Getting it sent to me. And I know, and that's the other thing when you talk about trolls, like I know there's people on there, you know, trashing me that don't even know me. Yep. I don't even care. Right. Guys are hitting me up and they're asking me, you know, how do you do this and how do you do that? And consistency over time, it's realizing that your end goal is here and you may end up over here. But what people do is they negate all that success all the way to get to here because they didn't get here. Right. So failed. Well, you didn't fail. You learned and you grew and you developed and you're over here. Now you can do so much more, even though you didn't hit this. So that's the one thing. The other thing is branch out into different things, you know, um, you know, don't try to fit a, you know, a, a square spoke into a round wheel. It's just, it's just not going to work. You know, you find something that you're passionate about that you can grow in that, um, that that's sustainable and attainable. I thought, believe it or not, when I got into peanut butter that I, I couldn't make it work. I was just a big peanut butter fan and, you know, I'd represented other companies out there and people kept saying, do yours, do yours. And yep. I ended up talk with, um, Sean on bakery barn. Mm-hmm. And we were talking and he literally goes, what would you do if you could do anything? I said, as a passion project, I'd do peanut butter. And I said, but I just feel like it's saturated. And he laughed. He goes, well, what do you think the bar business is like? Yeah. And he goes, if you're passionate and love what you do and put on a great product that reflects yourself and your love for what you do, he said, you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I literally took that from a guy who, you know, had made hundreds of millions of dollars worth of, you know, product. Um, and I ran with that. So literally three months later, my New Year's resolution was, okay, I'm going to take that and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, a, start yeah. a peanut butter company without any clue what I was doing. Right. Even watching you when you got started, you know, watching you with your blenders and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. You you know, I know what that process was like, right. you know, you start off and you're like, oh my God, I know when you launch, then there's a whole host of other things. You're like, oh my God, like what the hell? Like, right. what do I do now? How do I do this? How do I do that? Yeah. You know? Um, so with these people that are asking questions, it's like, man, do your research, take your time, find something you're passionate about, find something that you love, because if you're doing something that you hate, like if you were like, 
Brandon, I want you to go start an accounting business. Well, guess what? I hate accounting. I hate it too. Yeah. And it could be a million dollar business and I would be pissed off every day and I wouldn't want to go. I'd be like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. And with the peanut butter, it doesn't feel like work. You know, training people online, it doesn't feel like work. Right. Training people in person, doing, you know, I'm a wellness director. It doesn't feel like work. Um, so I'm able to take all those things and do them collectively, you know, throughout the day. Then that's the last thing is, is find multiple streams. Like I would say, if you're just starting something out, have a day job, have a day job, pay the bills mm -hmm. on the side, keep the day job, even when this is making money, then maybe add an income stream, you know, to the day job and the other thing. And then once you feel like it's good enough, then you can go, but don't think, Oh, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make all this money or whatever. Like, I think we talked about how much we take out of the business. Yeah. You can't do that. If you do that and you're taking money collectively out of the business every day or every week, you're not going to make it. Right. You have you need to put it in. And then if you really want to grow, we discuss the same thing. Slotting fees and all these things people don't even imagine. Brokerage fees, all this that you pay to get into a facility or be considered. Mm -hmm. You know, before you know it, you're hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars into a product. Right. And make it into Walmart, you yeah. know. You know, that's why you see some people that strictly stay online because they don't have those risks. You, mm -hmm. I know eventually you're going to take those bigger leaps. As I saw you, congrats, by the way, you had the, the vitamin shop order um, going up. And that's that's what's going to differentiate, I think, your brand from some others that look good and do well. But I don't think you're going to see that that same growth pattern, you know, moving forward as opposed to to what you're going to do. Right. No, I think it's cool. I mean, and we're going to talk peanut butter. Trust me, we are going to talk peanut butter in a little bit. But uh, I love, I love. So when you got you, you body started bodybuilding, you came in around the time that athlete sponsorships were hot. I mean, yeah. they were every not. I'm not going to say everybody was hanging out checks to athletes, but I mean, athletes were making good money. I I, I know Iovate was paying Jay Cutler a shit ton of money. I'm sure you made a pretty penny. 2021 athlete sponsorships are. I would almost say dead, not dead, but they're not as relevant as they once were. They're not taking you and saying you do Kuwait and all these different foreign countries for meet and greets. It just doesn't happen anymore. So you got in during a, a really good time. So your work ethic paid off. You got yeah. caught the eye. You said you had 20 plus sponsors at once. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so with bodybuilding.com is I use bodybuilding.com's platform. Yep. So I would have, I would always have bodybuilding.com. My first big one was beast. And then I would have everything underneath it. Like I would have fit mark bags, smart shake. I would have clothing. I would have, you know, nuts and more was my first peanut butter. Yep. Um, and I would just have all these little companies, a watch company, um, socks, coolers. You I mean, pay for shit. <laughs> I sponsors for freaking everything. Man. Right. And what I did is I just took all of those other companies credibility. And I'm like, well, if they're working with me, obviously, yeah. you know, and uh, I did that for years. I would, you know, switch off with people. You know, Icon Meals is one I'm still mm -hmm. with. I've been seven years. They've yep. taken care of long, amazing company. Um, and I did that, and I did that for a long time. And when you talk about how things have changed, you know, I think when you look at it, like I think Redcon, for instance, is one out there that really probably takes care of its athletes well. Sure. Um, you know, uh, but to that degree, I think. You're, you maybe have three or four companies other than that, that maybe has some high profile people back when I was, you know, really into it, we had, you know, we would have a team of athletes, you know, we would have 10 to 20, you know, on, on regular teams. And then some teams like quest, you know, quest bar had hundreds. Yeah. Of, um, but money wise, man, I mean, there was so many different ways and you get good with contracts on how to incentivize things. You know, if I write an article or if I'm on a cover of a magazine, if I win my pro card, like, you can plug that all into a contract. Mm -hmm. So 
years, you know, I think Beast always took care of me. Dimatize, I had such an incentivized contract that, you know, I think my best month there, I made like $9,000 in one month. It's crazy. Yeah. Just six figures. Stuff, yeah. You know, um, my biggest monthly contract without anything added to it was Twin Lab. And it was a year where I was getting $4,000 a month plus 500 in supplements, plus 300 in giveaways, plus clothing, plus travel, plus, you know, appearance fees. Right. You know, and I'm like, you kind of looked at it, you're like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> like, how did this happen? Right. You know? Um, you know, so it was good, but is that, is that still attainable? I would say 99% no. Right. But the opportunities out there. Yeah. If you're the right person with the right following and can produce sales and everything that they need. That's the thing, right? Like I think I'm not necessarily, there's not a lot of, I'm not going to say all brands are smart, but I think the advent of CPC and Facebook marketing and all these things where it's very trackable and you can say, okay, I can run an ad for X and my return is this. Okay, Brandon, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars. If you're not returning that investment, if I'm not getting money back from it, it's, it's an easy cut. So as you progress, I'm sure like these companies made a decision like, hey, we're going to move away from athlete sponsorships, maybe move more heavily digital. Did that fuck with you at all mentally? I mean, because it's not your fault per se. Maybe they found a different channel to invest those dollars. You know, so what happened with me? I mean, again, I'm going to be 42. I I purposely started to pull away. Um, Beast, I left Beast for Dimatize. I left Dimatize for Twin Lab. Twin Lab, essentially the brand I was under, died. Yeah. So I placed in that. Then I went back to Beast as kind of a, you know, resurgence with them. I was going to put in one more year with them. I left them in November. You know, they were still giving me 1500 bucks a month, mm-hmm. 500 you know, yeah. for doing minimum. But they also, I, I built a team for them. Like I did things that I was good at. Right. So I chose again to leave in November because I'm just, I was done with it. I yeah. was time to step away from that. And the same thing, like I landed that train cover and I thought that was it. Like I wasn't going to try to platform myself for more. I mean, right now, I mean, there's like five magazines. Maybe you can, you, you can even get on now. And then I got contacted by one more and I turned it down at first because I wanted my last one to be with my son. And then they said, well, he can do it too. So again, with that, I'm not, I'm not going to platform for that stuff anymore. The majority of that stuff, I just want to be an ambassador to the sport now, you know, the sport, the, you know, the fitness world, help people continue to go to events, you know, see people interact with, you know, people like yourself or Jay or, or whatever, like that's uplifting for me. Like that feels, and you know, it's nothing against it. It's just, it's just changed so much. It's kind of like, you know, looking at a, uh, you know, an old Nintendo and a PlayStation, you know, side by side, you know, um, the person that grew up on a Nintendo isn't necessarily going to want to play the PlayStation because it's just so different. Yeah. I almost compare it to that. Like I kind of grew up in the Nintendo era, so yeah. to speak, the social media and supplement and everything. And now it's on to all these tractables and marketables and all this and this and this and which as a business owner now is extremely important to you, right? So like it's kind of it comes full circle. But I like simplicity as an athlete, man. I, I just – I wanted to do my job and, and show up in shape when I was supposed to for photo shoots or videos and stuff. And there's aspects of that I miss. Like I miss you know, going to bodybuilding.com and filming, you know, stuff like that. Um, the, next, the next thing I would, I would say I would like to do is to get on TV, uh, whether – it's on a show. Um, I think I shared with you, I was on a show last year briefly and then I got hurt. Um, so it'd be nice to, to do something like that. Or, um, I've got clients that are actors and stuff like that. I'd love to be an extra in a movie. Mm. Somebody 
They're like, well, what movie would you take over if you could? I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that level of fame. I'm not an actor. Mm. I just want the guy standing next to the guy. Yeah, you know? for He's sure. Holding and just stand there. But, yep. but I love film. So that's, that's something that, you know, potentially maybe I'll be able to do someday. But um, other aspirations, man, are just, you know, to, to grow the brands that I have. And whether that be in training or, um, you know, the wellness directing, um, getting into the, the, the gym realm of things, building gyms. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just never going to try to pigeonhole myself into one thing. I'm always going to try to kind of have cups everywhere and see how much I can disperse without, you know, losing them all. Let's talk about one last on the subject of, of athlete sponsorships. Now that you're on the other side and you're a business owner with, okay. with folk and nuts, do you see value on your brand in athlete? And this is good because you were in the, that side. Now you're on the other side. Do you see value on your brand and athlete sponsorships? Um, so I don't sponsor anybody. Okay. Yeah. But what I, do, I send out product. I don't, but the thing is I don't ask for mm-hmm. this relationships I have, you have, um, and I share my product. I love to do that. And I'll, I'll be in the store and, you know, I can see a, a little boy that's disabled or something and start chatting with their mom and be like, you know what? I'd love to send you guys some product. Yeah. I know this is weird. However, here's my card. You know, hit me up. Um, you know, I send stuff to a lot of athletes. We were an Olympic sponsor, um, but I never go into a, with the condition that they have to post or share. And I never think it's going to turn into anything because, I mean, I could name 15 names of people you would know that don't produce a single sale if they post anything. Mm-hmm. Um, then I can tell you the, the biggest group or demographic of people are lifestyle people. Yeah. If you produce sales, I believe, and I hate to say this, a lot of the bodybuilding community has been pitching products for so long mm-hmm. that nobody nobody believes it or cares. Right. You know, it, it may be visible to them, but they're not going to buy it because you try to sell these stuff for 10 years, I'm not going to do it. The lifestyle, stay-at-home mom or somebody that was on, you know, big brother or whatever, and they've got three kids, they post something. And I don't know what your demographic is for like your product. Probably similar we're, to yours. We're damn near like 80% female yep. that buy product, you know? Yep. Uh, so they see that, like I've got one girl that made one story post and held a jar and said, I like this <laughs> and 16 times Yeah. because of her reach. That's crazy. I've never, like that's true. Like, I could you couldn't give me power like that because I'd abuse it. <laughs> what 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 Kardashian was that, Falcon? Um, actually, um, <laughs> it's Chelsea from Team Mom. Believe mm. it or not, very cool. And the power she has because she's herself. She yeah. really things that she likes. Uh, we ended up doing some posts and stuff with her, you know, and just she's just been a, an amazing advocate to our brand. But I've never seen anybody come close to replicating that. Nobody in fitness. No actor, no, I mean, no athlete, right. nobody for the power that she had. And then it would trickle down again. It's, it's always going to be a female that I've seen produce. Um, and it's always organic. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing to me to see the absolute reach and power that some influencers have. And you wouldn't even think like they could have 200,000 followers and they make one post and it creates $10,000 in sales. Yep. It's absolutely amazing. So is it worth it for me to hire, you know, athletes or anybody like that? No, it's yeah. not. Is it worth it for me to share my product with others and send out freebies and stuff? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I truly believe that. But what we'll, we'll maybe have, I, I hate to say, you know, an athlete team, I'll say an ambassador squad. Yep. But I kind of already have that without putting them on the website or anything like mm-hmm. this. People yeah. really promote us well. 
whether they have a small following or big following and you know I, I make sure that i send them stuff out so yeah but i think you're going to see that overall with fitness it's going to continue to deteriorate i've seen i could name one specific athlete that i've seen on five different teams in the last two years that they get cut with each team because even though they have a big following they produce no sales exactly or they get these great contracts to start and you know, I think more and more brands see that and they don't see the value. I can spend that same money on Facebook marketing and, you know, get a, you know, 3.5 to 4 ROI. Why am I giving you money? Exactly. No, you yeah. know, I'll, I'm $1,000 video that I can run for the next six months, eight months. That's going to pay me as opposed to me paying you. Yeah. Strength isn't a slogan. You want to win this year? Yes, you What time is it? Game time! What time is it? Game time! It's not an image you find on billboards or the big screen. It's never been about any of that. It's all around you, in everyday moments, just waiting to be unleashed. Strength is the knowledge that inside you lies anything you've ever wanted to be. The confidence that your failures never define you. And the passion and purpose to drive beyond any limits placed upon you. When you call upon it, strength embraces you, challenges you, pulls you back up, no matter how many times you fall. It compels you to draw on courage, resilience, intensity, and hope, and expects your very best to help others find theirs. True strength demands you build more than muscle, not in pursuit of a personal best, but a better tomorrow for everyone. My product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is five percent of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education. Willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most.
If you could use some help getting fired up and ready to crush your workouts, Pulse is for you. It is a 100% natural pre-workout supplement that gives you a surge of smooth energy and focus, bigger and better pumps, and more strength, endurance, and power. Pulse is also naturally sweetened and flavored and contains no artificial food dyes, fillers, or other unnecessary junk. So order now and get ready to feel focused, powerful, and tireless in your workouts. Let's, uh, let, 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 the last thing we're talking about in terms of brands that you represent is a brand that spent probably more money than anybody that I've seen. But yeah, Twin Labs and Real, when they came out with that campaign. I, uh, what, what I'll give them credit for is they essentially created the EAA market. I mean, with all yeah. their marketing. Before that, it was branch chains, two-on-one, which is, I'm a firm believer that branch chains have a place as long as you have protein within your system. Yeah, EA, you know, real came along. EAAs became popular, but they gave you like three grams of it. So like, they got a lot of shit within the space. This channel included. Um, yep. You made you made bank on it, which is great. But like, what when they came to you and said, "Hey, Brandon, we got this new product. We're gonna put a ton of money behind it." You're you have to have a business for yourself. Obviously, take care of yourself. Yeah. Do you know the the story behind the ending of that? Because the last thing I remember is we had a podcast, which we had a formulator from Core Nutritionals on, uh, and then we had. Uh, Ian from from Twin Labs are real at that point, and and I mean people can go back and watch it, but Ian got demolished in in this debate. It was really bad for the brand, um, and then you know at some point they kind of just went away. But like, where did they keep you in the loop in terms of like shit? This isn't working, or was it kind of just like cut? We're done, brand. Sorry. So what happened was when I got brought on, there were there was huge investors and a ton of money because the science that they had to it was you know behind it was sound science and you know i i, I read through i mean i read and read and read and i'm like oh this, this this sounds good right i you know i didn't know anything about dosing at that point i didn't even see a real product because yeah. before that however there was supposed to be three four five six products coming out sure part of all of that right and they had they had like god like $20 million or something like that. Stupid. Some, I mean, they, people, random people had sponsorships. I mean, not even with the big followings like you. But what happened, so they brought me in, and then I was supposed to, you know, I went to the Arnold. That was right as they started to launch. Yep. We were supposed to travel. We we're going to go to expos. We we're going to go to China. Like, hell yeah, I was going to sign up for that, right? And what happened was is the CEO quit. The next one came in and pulled all their funding, all of it at the beginning at the launch of the company. <laughs> so all the products that were there that were supposed to be made were never made. Mm -hmm. They gradually, they had a team of like seven guys that had all come from other brands. They knew their stuff and fired them systematically one by one. And basically what happened was, is they made so much of the product they had, they wanted to try to offload it and sell it. So the, the guy that became the CEO, his overall goal was, to basically pick apart the company, fire everybody, and he was going to try to make a sale on the company to sell it. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so Amway was the parent company, mm -hmm. raised money. And Twin Lab uh, Worldwide by itself actually does well because they have so many different vitamins and yep, yep. quality and whatever. So I literally, dude, it went from that to I literally just hung out and did nothing. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to make you know content or anything i just do giveaways yeah. all the time didn't yeah. have any you look back at my stuff i never had any content i just had giveaways and my contract was so ironclad on my side i didn't have to do more than that all i requested was one post a week that's all my contract said 
They also couldn't end the contract. I was guaranteed that money for two years. Yeah. And so what they did is they stopped paying me um, a year into it and continued to try to just offload their product. And uh, we settled in court and I won. But for the way that things were, they had a solid team. Um, you know, I know which, which interview you're talking about. And at that point in time, everything was already done. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to go in and try to defend anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they needed to uh, step up a lot of the stuff that they were doing with that specific product because the idea behind it was great. Yeah. I think the um, idea was there. The dosing was poor. You need like, you know, one serving should have been four scoops versus the one. And then it became a price thing for the consumer. But yes, I think I even told them that. Yeah. I said, I, of course I told them that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, that they went that route, man. Um, you know, because again, there was a solid team there. Um, they had one guy that was a scientist, on their, on their panel that that's who would have likely talked with you, mm. uh, whether he would have fared any better, who knows, but he was one of the people that was let go right away. Yeah. And we, we actually tried to get him on too and, and wouldn't, yeah. but and Ian was the, the last one and now he's up in Canada working on products. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have taken that. In hindsight, he probably shouldn't have taken that one, but well, he's a good dude. I like Ian, but he was, he was the last guy. Yeah. He was doing, you know, what, it, what he was working for the brand, you yep. know, trying to get some exposure and, um, you know, it, it is what it is, man. And, um, at the end of the day, I got paid and well, do what, I, you know, not even just the monetary aspect of it, but like, I, I'm sure now that you're an entrepreneur, you probably learned so many things from that clusterfuck of a situation of uh, when, yeah. when you, when you started your own brand and, and not just that, you know, being an athlete for beast and diamatized, like you are injected into that environment and the culture that. I'm sure you picked out some of the things that you liked and you, you refrained from some of the stuff that you hated when you finally said, you know what, I'm done making money for other companies. It's time to make money for myself um, yes. with your passion project. And I think that there's probably people watching this right now being like, Ryan, I can't believe you're bringing somebody on who makes a product that you also make. Oh, one um, second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me hold one too. Yeah, see, I mean, this is this is how it should be, people. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening, I'm holding up a jar of Brandon's peanut butter, butter. He's holding up a jar of mine. And the thing is, we've talked about this. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're competitors, quote unquote, but we want to help each other because this space is so freaking big that unlike the supplement world, where it seems like you can't really praise and build people up, all you can do is really try to tear them down or talk shit maybe behind the scenes. I mean, this, I want Brandon to do extremely well. He wants me to do well, and I have zero issues. Obviously, I have you on the show. So um, let's, talk, let's talk your product because I'm a fan um, of several. Like My favorite is the, the toasted, um, toasted coconut. I think it's great. It's like kind of addicting. Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to sit and eat a whole jar because I know what would happen to my digestive system if I did that. Uh, yeah. But you have a, a bunch of different flavors and stuff. Like, Tell us the story. Tell us. I mean, obviously, it's a passion project, but you know, anybody could have an idea. But turn that yeah. idea into execution and eventually getting it into market and then, you know, you'd be pitching to Walmart here soon. Like, how did that all come about? Um, you know, uh, going way back to the beginning and I'm very transparent, you know, on my uh, my website is I grew up real poor, didn't have much. Um, I would stay at my grandparents' house and they would always have peanut butter and jelly for me. Yeah. So it was that comfort food, right? Always was growing up, always loved peanut butter. I, I don't know what competitor doesn't like peanut butter. And, uh, you know, in the beginning of my competitive career, uh, my first sponsorship, uh, food based was nuts and more, mm -hmm. you know, so getting, 
before they were on Shark Tank. Um, and then after that, you know, I was with multiple brands that just would send me stuff all the time. Yeah. I'm like, hey, 80 jars of peanut butter, this is great. And <laughs> people continue to say, well, why don't you start a brand? Why don't you start a brand? Well, I was working a corporate job and I was training and I was doing all the fitness stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like, sure. I don't even know how to do that, but whatever. And like I said, it was my New Year's resolution two years ago. And uh, I just started to research, man, like how, how to make my product, how to do this, what flavors, you know. Uh, coming up with my logo to my label, you know, I mean, and I did everything cheap, like mm. cheap, cheap, like I did Fiverr for my labels, like I did a, a logo contest for my logo. Um, and I wasn't prepared necessarily when we launched because I didn't know it would like sell the way it did. Right. I also didn't know that mail sucks a lot mm -hmm. and Austin damage packages. And, <laughs> and then you have customer service, yeah, right? Yeah. When, or whatever i didn't know that like and then understanding you know the parameters of running a website and you know the bank i mean there's 50 million things that you gotta do right and i didn't i didn't know what i was doing so i did it by myself almost for the first year but i had an it guy that anytime an issue i always and even now i'll just text him hey can you fix this or do that right you know can you run a report on this or can you file a claim against usps um yeah you need a full-time person just for that Basically, and I've got my my uh, team in South Dakota from, you know, our attorney to our accountant to, um, you know, I've got my. my and you actually, guy. this is this is still being made in Sioux Falls, right? Or in South Dakota? We're making that in um, in New York right now. Oh, awesome. Okay. Very cool. We're looking for a secondary uh, company actually mm -hmm. to produce just because from the shipping standpoint. And then also storage yeah. as well is, is at a, you know, a premium, you know, when you're making stuff and as you try to grow, you need to be able to make it and store it. Plus you need to store, you know, everything else that you need to make it plus mm -hmm. your jars to put them in. Like it's a lot of space. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're, we're looking at those things and, you know, right now, as you know, I mean, there's shortages on everything from jars to, to everything, which makes things tougher. Um, so, yeah, so I ended up hiring a guy. I kind of, like, again, I did everything myself, did everything myself, and I, I hired a director of operations whose background was the pet industry, actually. Yep. A parent's company from a million to a $30 million company and then sold out and um, ended up talking to him, and he just understands every aspect when it comes to everything, you know, mm -hmm. what, what the labels need to have and how we handle this or how to get on UNFI or, or any of these things. And... Um, you know, he, he's just my right-hand guy, man. I mean, I, he's the first person I think that I've ever been able just to give instruction to and I don't have to check back. Like, I just know. Uh, he's much, much smarter than I am. You know, my my thing is I'm good at networking. I'm good at creating and branding. Like, I do our social media and stuff still. Um, focus mostly on Instagram. But now, you know, we, we've got like 20 flavors. Um, we we, we kind of just focus on doing giveaways and stuff. You know, I haven't... Uh, combined with companies like you have, you know, putting protein and stuff in, but you know, we, we work with a lot of the cookie companies and stuff like that and, you know, promote each other. Which is smart um, because women as their primary demographic, our primary demo is women. I mean, we get it. Yep. So yeah. And, uh, and then from there, you know, we became an Olympic sponsor, you know, we've, we've worked with QVC, we're on the home shopping network, we're on Amazon, we're on the military's website. So gradually you just, you know, take these little steps. And then, you know, from there we started getting into grocery and then mm -hmm. we hired a broker uh, to start pitching us. But as you know, too, there's only certain times a year you can do that. Yep. Coke screw that up. So a lot of our pitches were held off where they wouldn't review us when we, when we, we try to pitch. Um, 
I know that like Whole Foods and, you know, I think Target has looked at us and stuff. Um, we just actually, and the other thing that I opted to do, and, and, and as I told you, I believe that looking at your jar here and your name, it's more marketable than mine. I, yes. I truly, uh, you know, folk and nuts is kind of a hard sell for some people. I mean, I like it, but it's also because yeah. it sounds really, really close to the F word, which I use quite often. <laughs> but I'll never, I'll never get, get rid of that. But that's where we also made our second line Easton's, which mm -hmm. is after my son. So it's still my family brand. Um, and I know some companies do that sometimes. And some people have told me, you know, stick with it, stick with it. Don't get rid of your name. But because it's my son's name, I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. um, we actually, we just had our, our first big order for Easton's from UNFI Legit. this week, which was pretty cool. Um, Walmart reached out to us about pitching, pitching them in June. Um, you know, is I guess that I a know. part of like the Americana campaign, like Made in America, all this stuff, right, that they kind of do, which I think is super cool? Yeah, and they're, they're refocusing on that uh, harder than ever right now, yeah. which is awesome. So it gives you know, an opportunity for somebody like myself or you. Right. You know, to get get out there and, and be seen, and it, that, that's the thing that that's where if you're chosen and you go into one little percent, because they all have their, yeah. you know, you go into um, into just one. I mean, it's millions of dollars. Yeah, it's life know? changing. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing. Like, it's life changing for you and your brand. But that's the other thing like we've done is, you know, we've got our banking in order. We've got everything ready for all those purchase orders and this and whatever, because that's what a lot of people do is, yeah, they can have the best product or great idea, but they don't have the financial mindset or ability to grow it. Mm. They're at and the brand price. Right. What, that's what we're really focusing on is to make sure that we're ready for if that hits. And is it going to hit? You know, I, I'm very positive that we're going to have something that, that turns up. Is it going to be Walmart? I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, who knows, but I know that I've got a good team. I know that we're going to keep pushing. I know that, you know, I think we have a, a pretty unique product and in, in look and in, in brand. And, um, you know, we have people that, that are passionate about it and are willing to work hard to make those things happen. So whether that's this year or next year, yeah. I, I will eventually come. And, you know, we also, when we, we talked, we talked about our, our exit strategy at some point, like mm -hmm. how long, you know, and everybody would love to own their product and idea forever. Of right. course they would. If you're looking to truly, you know, take care of your family per se, right? And, and or give them the things that you never had or that they deserve, an exit strategy matters. And it also you to do other things, you know? So um, at some point, you know, we, we look at what that looks like. Right. And you have a lot of ideas. You have peanut butter. You, you mentioned like pet space as well. I mean, there's, there's a lot. And that, that's a lucrative Lucrative space, pet and baby space, two spaces you can make a shit ton of money if if you do something right. Um, yeah, I mean, like ideally for you, I mean, you you launched this what two thousand and nineteen nineteen. So it's only two years two years young. I mean, is it like like a five to seven year plan kind of in your? I mean, originally I was like, hey, five five years. Hopefully, we're going to be where we're at. And then I guess you got to decide like, what are you okay? Mm. What what dollar? Like, what are you okay leaving with? You right. know. Because I think at some point it has that value that, you know, as you know now, grocery companies or beer companies, beer companies like Budweiser don't come up with new products or gain market share with Budweiser. They buy a beast little brewery. Yep. It, how Dynatize was was acquired. Yep. You know, they come buy them. Same thing with Justin's Peanut Butter. What did Justin sell for? Like $280 million or something Hormel like that? paid a shit ton for it. Yeah. yeah and, you know, and, and they're always looking for those ideas to, to gain market share. So if we can get out there and get enough stores and everything else, it, it has value. Right. What, what is that bottom dollar that you're willing to walk away with? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that is, but 
I, I would say five to seven years. Obviously, if we could really crank out some numbers, land a Walmart or something like that, you're looking at five years. Like, yeah. hey, five years. Um, you know, I'm not greedy, man. Like, I know, I know what I can live off of for the rest of my life, so to speak. Continue to work, obviously. Like, I'm never work, but to have a nice nest egg, I know what that looks like. For sure. And, uh, that comes. You know, we're looking at uh, protein bars also because it's a great add-on to to what we're doing. The pet products. In some regard, I honestly think the pet products might outdo the, the, the human products, you know, um, and they're simple. They're so simple, yeah. you know, in comparison. It's just landing those accounts. Right. Um, and you got, the guy, you got the guy on your side to help you with that, so, which, which is cool. Um, yeah. Which is great. And his relationships are, are what, what matter. Yeah. Um, same thing with the protein bar company. Like one thing I've learned over the years of working in corporate wellness and everything is, is it, you don't have to have 100% of a million dollars. I'm happy with 5% of a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I always want the biggest percent and I'm happy like to give up percent for growth. Like right. the protein bars that we're looking at. Um, and I've worked with multiple companies. I, I flat out said in a meeting yesterday, I'm like, do you want to be a partner in this? Mm-hmm. I see the cash risk, but I want, I want all of your connections. Yeah. You know, if part of it, you're going to push, you right. know, and get it more stores and whatnot. Um, and that's going to save me money on the bottom line from hiring you or somebody else to do that for yeah. me. If I just give you some equity in it, you know, and I'm taking all the financial risk. Why would you not want to, yeah. you know? Um, so I try to do things as smart as possible. I try to save as much money as I can. Um, you know, I don't skimp on, on certain things, you know, we, uh, we do the best that we can with what we have, you know? And again, like I said, I hope it, I hope it turns out same thing for you. I hope that, uh, you know, in three to five years, you're, you're sitting on a beach somewhere with your <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, I love it. So the, the, that was the initial idea, two, three, five years. But I mean, if I can keep having fun, I think I will. Um, but like, you know, the conversation with you today and just getting to know you um, more in detail since uh, we've, you know, exchanged numbers and stuff, you and I are very, very much alike. Like, we've had a lot of like cool highs and big highs in our life, yours being your fitness accomplishments, this, your son, et cetera, my daughter. But we've both been through some shit too, right? And so don't need to talk about it. I've been through it. You've been through it. But there's a lot of people listening to this podcast or watching it that has been through something, especially in the last 14 months COVID, relationships all that stuff. So I want to end the podcast on what's your advice to keep focus because there's so much noise and in, in our personal lives going through the stuff that, you know, we have gone through, it takes a toll on you, but you don't show it. You have to stay strong for Easton. I got to stay strong for Aurora and things of that nature. So nobody wants shit, bad shit to happen, but newsflash people, bad shit's going to happen. It's going to happen to everybody. How did, how did you deal with it? How did you maintain focus and maybe use it to fuel the next step in your chapter you know the the thing about my life you know when we talk about bad stuff happening to us you know i've got a whole history and an entire lifetime of that mm-hmm. right so over the years i've come to know myself very well i know my triggers i know those things that will will you know push me down or set me off or whatnot so one i think it's getting to know yourself right it's really getting to know you but then also accepting your traumas accepting your your losses accepting those things as a part of you so people will say like i'm going through a divorce mm-hmm. Does that pain end, right? Well, I said it's always going to be a part of you. That's yeah. the thing that people don't realize. All of your good and all of your bad are a part of you, always. They just fade out and more things compile into who you are in the future, right? right? So one, if you can accept everything that you are and everything that you want, love yourself wholly and completely for everything, even if you're winning or losing, that's going to first of all help, right? That's because stuff, man. other people can't use it against you and you can't use it against yourself because you've accepted that, Right. right? 
That's where I'm at. And then start looking for varying degrees on how I'm going to get out of here, how I'm going to change my situation. The one thing I always say is don't lay down. Don't, don't, don't kneel to it. You know, continue to move forward. I don't care if you're taking microscopic steps forward, if you're taking one step here, one step there. As long as you're moving forward, you continue to stand, you continue to um, embrace the heart and, and find ways and methods to get through it, you're going to win. You know, everybody wants everything to be easy. And if it were, you wouldn't, impre- you wouldn't appreciate the end result. Right. You know, if I were to walk up to you and give you a million dollars, you'd be like, oh, hell yeah. But if you work for that million, it's going to have a different value to you than if I were to hand it to you. Right. And hard, the hard is what makes life great. It's what makes winning great. It's what makes these accomplishments great. So get to know yourself, embrace the hard, be willing to work through it, be willing to go through, you know, everything that you have to for the end result. You know, when we look at bodybuilding, people will say, well, what makes a great bodybuilder? Well, the great bodybuilder pushes through the heart. Mm-hmm. When it hurts, he pushes through it. He keeps going. He eats the damn meals when he doesn't want to. He does two leg days. He does these things because the end result is worth it. Right. And your end result is worth it. You know, taking care of your family, your health, your happiness, you know, being able to take that vacation or live life. I always say this. I want security and I want to live life on my terms. I don't want to have to ask anybody. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I want to live a life on my terms and I want security. Yep. Security is money. Money can buy security. But security is having all the things that my family needs. And I'm happy with that, whether that's 500000 a million, $5 million, $10 million. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. You can't say much more powerful words than that. So, I mean, that's that's fantastic. No, I love it. I think people need to hear that, especially – I mean, yes, we're coming out of this whole weird time. Um, but it, it still is going to resonate with a lot of people. So, Brandon, how do people find you online? Where can they get this awesome stuff? Here's your chance to be an influencer. Where do they, where do they go? Influencer? Like Vanna White? <laughs> yeah. Just uh, at Folk and Nuts, folkandnuts.com. And then at Brandon Foken, um, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-F-O-K-K-E-N. And anytime anybody has any questions, I get back to everybody that writes me in some format or another. Um, I believe if you give me your time, I should give it back. So if anybody has any fitness questions, comp- competition questions, nutrition questions, anything like that, I'm happy to answer. And uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. I, I do really wish you the best. Um, I'm happy that we've had the opportunity to chat before now and, and again now. And, you know, I, I think we can definitely help each other out. I'm looking forward to that. For sure, homie. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. That conversation with Brandon, I know I did a lot. Um, it's been a really cool week for me hanging out with people, talking to Brandon. Um, you probably saw on our social channels, I was with Mark Lobliner. We did a vitamin shop tour. We did a brick and mortar tour. We did a Hy-Vee tour. We're at Quick Trip. The world's opening up, people. It's been fun. Um, expos are happening again. We will be at the Olympia. We don't have a booth space yet, but Fit Buyers will be there. We'll have samples. We'll have a mystery flavor, uh, which will be an opportunity for you all to try, guess, and win a all-expense-paid trip back to the 2022 Olympia, which will also be in Orlando. Um, it's it's crazy to me because I've been going to these events as a as a media outlet you know, since I started FI as a fan prior to that, and now I'm having a booth there. And, I, and I've been an advocate of like, hey, let's not have booths at these events. Uh, but my product's a little bit different. Sampling it, you know, once you <laughs> once you get my nuts in your mouth, it's, it's game over, right? But um, no, I, it's just been cool. I, I you know I've, I've enjoyed spending time with my friends in the space, getting out, not wearing a diaper on my face, speaking with people, conversing with people, hugging people, shaking hands with people. That is what it's all about. Twenty twenty one, guys. We are going to get back to normal. We're going to get back to normal here on the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Whether you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, watching via YouTube, make sure you go to our YouTube channel. Our website is fitnessinformant.com. We're on all social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Uh, until next time, I am the Nut King himself. 
I am Ryan Buckeye. Everybody, be informed, live fit, hang loose, and let's go.